freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode number 300 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearms.com your nationwide hometown gun shop i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd the theme today is education not legislation and our guest is diana moore diana is a founder of the dc project women for gun rights an educational nonpartisan group of women from all 50 states who advocate for second amendment for the second amendment the dc project is the counter voice and counter visual of the anti-rights groups like moms demand action the women of the DC project speak to the public and elected officials about how to keep children, neighborhoods, cities, and states safe with education, not legislation. And along with Diana, we have Gina Roberts of California and Rhonda Mary of Mississippi. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Great. Thank you all for being here. And uh, this is such an honor for us to not only have Diana, but you other awesome ladies on to be mark this episode 300. Holy cow. You're doing uh, such fantabulous work. I just love, uh, I love what you're doing and, and you're so great at it. God freedom radio. That's gonna, I'm never gonna say it again. I'm just gonna play that voiceover. <laughs> For the rest of life. That was beautiful. Beautifully done. All right. So you ladies are together, not just anywhere together. You are sitting in our nation's capital as we speak. And it's interesting the day that you've chosen for this, because uh, as we're in the studio, it'll air, the show will air later, but it is uh, Monday, April 19th. And for any historian that has followed America's history, we know that today is the day that we heard the shot around the world, the shot heard around the world at Lexington and Concord, where the, the British subjects finally decided we're not going to be subjected anymore to what's going on with our oppressive government, and we're going to take a stand. And this parallel that we're drawing to you ladies being in our nation's capital right now today, I think can't go without mention. So thank you for the work you're doing and tell us what specifically is happening right now that takes you to Washington, DC, Diana. Well, you know, 2020 was kind of a really weird year for us because it prevented us from going on our annual trip. Uh, but what it did was open the door for us to push our effort out to the state level. So now we, you know, it really allowed us to grow and get out of our comfort zone. 
And the same thing kind of with this. Um, I didn't pick this day. I didn't pick April 19th to be here. It kind of just landed that way. I give a lot of props to God because things happen that I don't orchestrate. And I'm just like, oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, we'll yeah, we'll take it. And this time, um, with all of the stuff that's going on and all of the bills that are being, you know, I feel like the anti-gun people are just throwing everything at the wall and waiting for something to stick. So I knew it was really important for us to come and be seen here. So I gathered, uh, I think there's 11 or 12 of us and the most diverse, the most powerful stories. Uh, and we reached out through one of our gals. We, well, Nikki Gozier, you know Nikki. Mm -hmm. um, she reached out to her old boss, Congressman Massey. And Congressman Massey is actually inviting all of the House um, pro-gun people uh, to a meeting. And I think there's like 38 of them coming on Wednesday night. So we're wow. getting to present to a large number of members, which is huge. And then on the Senate side, if you remember last month, Chris Chang testified in front of the Senate Judiciary. Well, I was fortunate enough to kind of weasel my way in there and met some people there and told them that we were coming back. And they've invited us, the House Minority or the uh, Senate Minority folks on the Judiciary have invited us back to speak to them, basically briefing on what the DC project does, that we're women for gun rights, that we are the counter visual, the counter voice to very vocal, very well-funded, very well-organized uh, Moms Demand Action Group. Wow, that's, uh, this is amazing. So, you know, usually every summer we get to go to Capitol Hill and we make appointments with our individual legislators and I know we've made an impact. I know we have forming those relationships. And this is proof. I have to uh, uh, say that when this group of women that you've put together as the DC project can go, especially at a time like this, where things are, I mean, razor wire and fences and all kinds of stuff. And people are still not comfortable being in person with each other to assemble 38 members of Congress to talk about our second amendment. Um, it's a phenomenal. I just have to applaud you. I don't know, could you have possibly guessed that the DC project, the work that, that we do together would be so uh, like invaluable in such a short amount of time? What if we were five years old, something like that, the DC project? Yeah, this is our fifth year and I don't know, I mean, I had, we had no idea. Cheryl, you were with me on the first trip and we had, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea if it would be effective, but you know, like I said, I give God the props because uh, he's kind of guided us. And, and you mentioned the girls that are a part of this group and they're amazing women. Uh, we've got a great advisory board and I, I just can't say enough about them. So. Wow. Phenomenal. Well, I want to take a second and talk to, to the ladies that are there with you. Um, I think Gina, you have been with us, maybe not as long as I have, because I was one of those women that were like, I don't know what we're doing in DC, but I've never been. And I'm going to bring my daughter and my one-year-old granddaughter and just, you know, whatever this is, we're going to figure it out. Um, but I think that you have uh, been with us a little bit longer than Rhonda. So I'm going to ask you next. What brought you to this um, this group, and what 
what have you seen as maybe one of your either most surprising or most impactful um, uh, things that, that you have been a part of since you've been with the DC project? Um, well, first of all, I, I unfortunately missed the first year, but I, the second I found out about it before the second year, I was like, I'm in, you know, there was like, well, this is beyond cool, you know, and um, you know, I represent a little bit diff different demographic and Diana was like, sure, we need you come, you know, and come with us. And um, so that was kind of fun. It's kind of bringing, you know, a little bit different viewpoint in. Um, I've been working in politics for a long time, so I had a little bit more connection possibly than some people did been to DC a few times. So I was kind of like traffic cop every once in a while. Go this way, go that way. Here's how you sneak your way through the tunnels underneath the Capitol, which probably isn't possible anymore. But, um, you know, just kind of a, you know, and I got some meetings with, uh, like at the time, Congressman Issa was my, wasn't my congressman, but he helped us, you know, talk, talk to a lot of us and his chief of staff talked to us and kind of gave us some guidance on, on some people to talk to. It's just been fantastic. It's uh, just a heck of a ride. And um, I, I just, you know, I call people, I say I'm from the DC project and they're like, oh yeah, I've heard of you. And four years ago, that would have been unheard of. You know, it was like, um, you know, it, it, the impact has just been absolutely amazing. And, uh, it, it's opened a lot of other doors and other areas that I'm working on. So what are you gonna be talking about when, when you do your presentations? <laughs> Well, I, I am the uh, the LGBT representative for the um, uh, DC project. I'm transgender, and um, I'm kind of represent a demographic that's generally not portrayed as pro-gun and um, or conservative for that matter. And uh, so I I talk a little bit about my journey, about um, where I've been, and one of the things that kind of has been with me the whole time is how how incredibly accepting and tolerant and, and wonderful the gun community has been. Um, you know, I've been competing for 50 years or so. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like just another segue into my life. And uh, it just absolutely amazed me how, how wonderful these people are. And wow. not just us, but no, the, the firearms community. Firearms community. Absolutely. Shot awesome. show is like family day. Yeah. <laughs> how can you not love Gina, period? Like that's, you know, hard stop. That, that's the end of that. Um, anyway, but thank you so much for the work that you do on behalf of our, our Second Amendment. And um, it, it, especially in California, holy moly, what an uphill climb. Are they having a problem in California? Yeah, that just a little one, just a, just a tiny one. Um, and then, on, what's that? Just a microscopic problem. Just, yeah, barely noticeable. Uh, and then on the other side of Diana, we have one of our newest members. Yes, Miss Rhonda Mary, yes, of <laughs> Mississippi and uh, loving the t-shirt. Might want to explain that to some people that are like, I don't, I'm not sure what a statist is and what a <laughs> statist is. Um, but uh, t tell us what brought you into this uh, group of women and, and this conversation that we're having nationally and at state level about our, our gun rights, Ms. Rhonda. So I met Di, I think, maybe a little bit over a year now, so I'm brand spanking new. And I met her through the work that she does with the Ambassador Academy, basically trying to use people that are already in the community to spread the message and the principles and be mindful of how we're marketing and branding ourselves and things like that. And I love what she's doing. I love 
the way she's trying to um, enhance and advance and spread the message and principles of the second aid community. And when she asked me to go to come to DC, I was like, absolutely. So that's what brought me here today. Status, anti-status, I think we definitely, as we've seen recently, even if you look at last year with the COVID lockdown, we've gotten to a place where we have a huge part of our country that has fell into this almost state worship, government worship mindset. Um, and in some regards, I mean, it's, it's, it's anti-God, it's anti-individualism, um, and those are the type of things that I stand against. And so I wear this message boldly and proudly. Absolutely. And there's another, um, I think it's a t-shirt or a hashtag I've seen you use on your weekly podcast. I think it's a weekly podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, entertainers are not leaders. Wait, Perfect. what? What? Wait, where did this come from? It's craziness. I but know. I see it on TV all the time. They're <laughs> yeah, telling same, what we're streaming. Same type of thing. We know that a lot of times the you have Hollywood that works hand in hand with the government to push certain or politicians, I should say, to push certain agendas. You'll have a lot of people living in Hollywood behind these gated fences with their private security. And you'll be in these movies, you want to add the drama by using firearms, but then you want to tell an everyday person like me that I don't have the right to protect myself. That person in Hollywood, they may look like me. We may have the same skin color. We may have the same hair texture, but you don't represent, you know, what I've experienced and what I've been through. So I don't consistently want these people speaking for me or on the behalf of everyday people because they don't generally they just don't represent us regardless of how the media tries to, to push it or force it on us. They're disconnected. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I mentioned your podcast. So go ahead and tell folks uh, what your podcast is. Yeah, I'm on YouTube, Rhonda Mary, M-A-R-Y, not Marie. Some people try to, I don't know why, but you know, right on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say Rhonda Marie? I don't say it now, but when it's I put like you in, in my phone, head. when I put you in my phone, I put in Mary, Marie. And we thought she was infallible. <laughs> well, hey, Diana, since you were talking about entertainers, this Moms Demand Action, is that a low-budget brothel in, New in Nevada? <laughs> What what I, is this mom's I, demand action? This thing? is why I bring Dan along. I'm I, I wish it were, but no, they are um, they are a very well funded organization by Michael Bloomberg. If you have ever heard the term astroturf, they are absolutely astroturf. They may have started out a grassroots effort, but they are they are not. Um, in 2019, I know their budget was like 36 million dollars. And I want to say it was 60 million in the election cycle last year. And they target, you know, they targeted uh, Virginia. We saw Virginia fall in 2019 and went uh, all Democratic, all anti-gun. Not that those two are married, but that's how it happened to be in Virginia. So um, they're very strategic. They're very well organized, well-funded, well, -funded, well uh, very well motivated. <laughs> Uh, with well misinformation, paid. with misinformation and well paid. And, you know, we see it time and time again, you know, I would love to know who is paying people or, or, or at least helping people get to places like Portland or Seattle or Minneapolis and doing the destruction. It's like, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing in our country right now is that that is allowed and that is encouraged. If you heard over the weekend, 
that Miss Maxine Waters mentioned that we have to be more confrontational. And this guy is guilty to show the police officer and and uh, George Floyd. And it's like, what, what, what? Are we like a banana republic right now? Are, 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 do we not believe in the rule of law? Do we not believe that people are innocent until proven guilty? Um, I don't know. It's, it's very, very bizarre that we're living through it and that it happens so fast. I mean, this time last year, I guess, is kind of when it was starting, you know, really starting to go downhill. But man, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, just don't be discouraged about the uh, moms demand action and, and their millions of dollars they have coming in because they don't have 38 legislators coming to see you tomorrow. Oh, they, they were in the White House a couple of weeks ago when he was... Uh, when he was signing his executive orders. So he they have seats all over the place. It's just that, yeah. you know, I'm but glad that doing great. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that we're able to tell the people that are pro 2A that we exist, that we're here to serve them. We are here at yep, that picture. <laughs> we we are definitely here to reinforce the people who are on our, our pro issue. We're they're with us. Uh, and let them know that they do not have to get beat up. They do not have to get cornered in an elevator. They do not have to take the bullying from these anti-gun groups that they can use us as saying, hey, what about this group of women over here that want to be able to protect themselves, that do support the Second Amendment? So that's why we're here. And we're hoping, you know, just keep pushing forward, keep your head down and keep keep moving forward. That's why they brought the bull in the China shop. It's a what? Bull in a China shop? I said, that's why they brought the bull in the training shop. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and then, you know, I mentioned uh, Rhonda Mary's t-shirt and then um, Gina Roberts's t-shirt. That, that is our teal, our teal color that you've chosen. And it very clearly states it. Education over legislation. Or I think it actually says educate, don't legislate. But, um, you know, it's such a, a, a no-brainer, honestly, you know, that if we could just re-normalize uh, gun ownership in this country, stop stigmatizing it. Uh, you know, every single home in their kitchen, you open a drawer, there's a whole array of, of sharp instruments in there, right? Assault forks. Assault forks, yeah. And knives, you know, and nobody freaks out about it. My grandchildren, they walk right up to the drawer, they open it up, they reach in, they pay no attention at all to the sharp instruments, the knives pick up the spoon they were after, off they go. Nobody's calling child protective services. Nobody's freaking out. And why is that? It's because we've educated our children from the youngest ages how to safely interact around those particular tools. And guns should be no different. Uh, back when we're talking about the shot heard around the world, Lexington and Concord in 1775, every single home had a, a, a firearm, at least one, for protection and for harvesting food. And somehow we've, we've evolved into such a way that now we have to go spend time, you know, trying to gather our legislators together to protect the 27 words that represent our second amendment rights. Uh, it, it's just craziness. Um, you know, what, what do you think, can you, each of you, I'll start with Rhonda and then we'll just go down the line. Can you think of a time like did it did it just erode slowly, or do you think there was a big shift somewhere? 
with a reduction of 2A rights mm -hmm. or yes. <laughs> I don't know if you want to start with me, uh, but I mean, to be honest, it started after the slaves were freed. Mm -hmm. that, that's what happens. That's when gun control legislation was introduced and the ball has been rolling ever since. And so unfortunately, when you don't have people that uh, take notice or see that these um, principles need to not only be talked about, but talked about and applied equally, right? Martin Luther King said a threat uh, to, he said a threat to injustice is a threat to justice everywhere, Amen. right? And so for years by these simple truths being ignored, we now have an opportunity where it's gonna encroach, it's gonna go from the inner city to the suburbs, to the rural areas. It's something that hasn't been contained ever since. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been going downhill. Absolutely. And yeah. we both have a, a mutual friend. His name is Maj Ture. And uh, he was the first person that uh, helped me to really understand that history as poignantly as you just stated. And he says, uh, all gun control, all gun laws are based in a racist ideology. Right. And Absolutely. And I think that's what you're just talking about. Started around the Jim Crow era, era, slave codes and black codes. That's when the initial gun control was introduced to keep newly free people from protecting themselves because they wanted to maintain a slave population. They wanted to keep, you know, black people, natives, indigenous people. They wanted to, to, to keep that, that slave class. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so as long as they can find the people that want power and don't want us to have to have rights, if they can find an other, right, and then they can other a whole group of people, it doesn't matter if there's a skin color involved or, or what, they'll figure out a way to other people and then write laws based on that. But it started, as you're saying, back during the Jim Crow, Crow era. Um, so beautifully mm -hmm. stated. Thank you for that. Um, well, Diana? I think that's, and I think that's where we pick up now is that, um, yeah, I believe that we've been going down this road for quite a while. And like Rhonda said, is that it's not being checked. You know, we're being courteous. We're being um, just on our heels because we feel like the Second Amendment's in the Constitution and it's not going to be, uh, it's not, nothing's ever going to happen to it. Uh, so we have been complacent mm -hmm. and we've been lazy about it. And that's where I feel like the other side is definitely motivated and strategic about the way that they're doing it. And part mm -hmm. of the way they're doing it is with our school systems. Mm -hmm. um, and that is that I just, I just woke up to that probably within the last year of how important the school system is and what is going on. I've heard things over the years and stuff like that. But we have a we have a mutual friend, somebody that I can name whose whose kids are mandatory to watch one hour of kids CNN a day. Wow. Uh, if, you're, if you're telling me that that's not propagandizing, and um, I, I just don't I, I, I'm floored. I can't believe this has happened. I don't have kids. So I haven't watched it happen. I haven't paid attention to it happening. Uh, but I definitely believe that if we're going to stop this train, that it's going to take constitutionally sound people to run for school boards, run for local office, run for state office, run for federal office. 
uh, whatever it may be, we have to get in the fight or we're going to be slaves and subjects to the people who are motivated to rule us. Um, and that's where we sit today is that, you know, we still have our guns, but they are working tirelessly to, to remove that. Whether And if they get the filibuster gone and they pack the Supreme Court, fundamentally, they have already successfully fundamentally changed our country. But if they do that, I just, I don't even want to talk about it. Well, now okay. I learned how CNN gets their numbers up. <laughs> Right. There you <laughs> go. No kidding. Kids show. Fortuitous uh, that you hand you know segues on to me at that point in time because I've been fighting this for well pretty much ever since I discovered that there was a Second Amendment when I was in high school and uh, I've been on rifle teams and shooting competitions ever since I was in high school and it, the Second Amendment was a big deal and I'm from California and that was kind of like the leader of the idiots. I'm sorry, the um, laws that were changing to stigmatize uh, gun owners and, and make it less, uh, basically make it less easy to own guns and less um, socially acceptable to have guns. Um, the, uh, you know, what Rhonda said is absolutely true. There is actually no question that all gun control was based in race. And- um, In control. It, 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 race and control. Not, but it about, was, it not was, about safety. It's not about safety. Um, it's absolutely not about safety. And in fact, I'm, on, I'm pursuing a project trying to prove that right now, and it should be kind of interesting. The, um, but the fight is real. And it's interesting because the people that we are, um, I'm just gonna say opposed, you know, fighting against are not only extremely well-funded, but they're very well, um, they're true believers. They have been completely indoctrinated and led to understand that we are the evil here. Um, even though, you know, the guns are actually bad. I mean, last time I checked that bottle of water was no different sitting there than my gun because it's not gonna jump up and hurt anybody. But they are absolutely unwilling to attack the real problem, which is people that are committing crimes with guns and people that, Criminals. Yeah, criminals, yeah. It's like in California, if you steal a handgun now, you get a ticket. So in, unless it costs more than a thousand bucks, and most handguns don't cost more than a thousand bucks unless you Diana owns it. And, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, they've, they've, you know, made the criminal class- I've been lenient on the criminal yeah, class. Yeah, the criminal class is, is set up for, for success and the non-criminal class is, set up to be the victims. And um, that is one of the biggest things we need to, to get people to understand that, you know, you really aren't the criminal. You're the victim here. I think you should say that tomorrow. I like that. The criminal class. Is well, Gina, Gina, I think you're right about that. And I think that, you know, they're slowly telling people guns are bad. But what's really good about the DC project is, you know, and some people will say you're preaching to the choir when you talk to the 38 legislatures tomorrow, because they are already gun friendly. But what you're doing is you're reminding them because the other side is pushing them too. So you're reminding yeah. them. And so one of the questions I have, maybe Diana, uh, do you think that you're pulling some from the other side with all the stories that they hear about people that have actually used guns in, uh, to prevent a crime? Are you getting any on the other side coming over? Well, we certainly wanna try. When we uh, come previous to COVID, uh, we try to meet with as many people on both sides of the party on uh, party lines as possible. Um, and honestly, the, those are the ones that, that are the anti-gun people. Those are the ones that we want to get in front of the most. 
Um, but right now, uh, we, you know, everything's closed and unfortunately they don't really accept invitations from people and they'll, and it's a really easy thing to say, oh, it's COVID and we're not open right now. So, mm -hmm. um, we're very lucky that the people who are pro that we, we have something to do. Um, and, and I really believe that it's fortuitous that we're here right now. Absolutely. Um, on one of the meetings that I was uh, privy to go into, it wasn't from my state because the way that you've done it traditionally, and hopefully we'll get to go back to that model once the razor wire and fences are down and that sort of thing, is you group us together in, in you know, four or five ladies. Um, so different states go together. So people that come into the offices of my representatives in Arizona have uh, maybe not so much now after this last election where we have uh, Mark Kelly as one of our new senators and he is no friend to the second amendment as much as he wants to say, you know, right. I'm a gun owner, but, but, um, for the uh, second amendment, but. but yeah, uh, but they were able to, to experience, you know, us being able to, as you're going to do with this freedom caucus, uh, to, to support them and say, we've got your back. If you need some, you know, technical language or something, if you're going to give a speech or, you know, if you're going to support a bill or, or not support a bill, reach out to us. We'll be a resource for you. But then I was able to go into some states like New York, uh, where I got to experience what it's like, where the representatives were basically speaking to us like we were children and their, their subjects. And it was really, uh, it was an eye opener for me because I hadn't experienced that before. But one of the offices we went into, I even forget what state it is now, but, and I believe the person was technically a Republican, you know, had the big R on rhino. the chest and the, the K, yeah, rhino, and the cape waving in the breeze, uh, called this, himself a Republican, um, which doesn't automatically mean pro second amendment but traditionally that's the kind of the lines things have fallen on and he said to us well you know what you ladies are just going to need to learn how to compromise and i was absolutely floored that um he would say that and you know we're always very respectful let me see if that's on here compromise or but mm -hmm. i don't think uh, on was. our constitution he's looking at yeah. and no. so you know i i waited for my turn to speak which i'm not even from his state he had no reason to even address me but he was kind enough to address me and um i just said you know i i believe if you'll look back over history we have compromised on the second amendment side numerous times. And right. if there is compromise to be made moving forward, it is going to move the other way. We are going to regain ground on our second amendment rights. Uh, and you know, he, he kind of looked like he'd never even heard such a thing in his life. It was a little shocking. Well done. I hadn't heard that story. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Give me more buzz. <laughs> Well, it's important. And, and it goes back to that education because perhaps this person that we were speaking to, maybe he, he had to have, every single elected official has to take an oath to protect and defend uh, our constitution that I'm holding here in my hot little hand. But nobody's holding them accountable. So for, I feel like another, you know, years have been going by of their encroachments and infringements and nobody's, no, you know, everybody, keeps reelecting people who trample their rights. Exactly. So it's really, it really, it really comes back to uh, 
us talking to our friends, our families and our communities and spreading at a grassroots level because we can come here and we can talk to legislators, but if those legislators are elected and represent a group that still hates us, then they have to hate us too. Um, so it's really important for your audience to understand that it's up to us, us, you, to get engaged and step out there and be a voice for the constitution, for the second amendment, whatever it is, take somebody to the range, um, it's really on our shoulders. Well, how can I do the 300 episode without saying, how about the governor of New Jersey that says the constitution was above his pay grade? Why is he still governor? Phil Murphy. Why exactly. is he still governor? Exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I asked I, <laughs> you asked him? Yeah, I said, John, how come you haven't gotten rid of this guy yet? <laughs> because he's from New Jersey. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, we did start with uh, just going to our, our United States Capitol, making appointments at that level. But Diana, as you said, we've now started uh, forming chapters in each individual state. And that is so important because not everything is a federal gun bill. And as we've seen over this last uh, year or so, there, we have states that are stepping up, like here in Arizona, we just passed a, a sanctuary state bill, HB 2111. We have 20 now states that are constitutional carry. So the state level uh, activity is super important. Um, Miss Mary, let's start with you again and go down the line. What is happening in your state in Mississippi? Are your, are your laws pretty good? Is the constitution intact? Is it not? What challenges are being uh, faced at that level? Um, overall, I would say that Mississippi is pretty, is you know, fairly good on its gun laws. It's a constitutional um, carry state, and so of course we still, um, you know, we want to promote like people still go getting their their carry um, license and things like that. But it's generally pretty open. Um, in some of the the um, larger cities, and some of the cities where you have um, bigger black populations, particularly in the capital. You have uh, some areas like that that deal a little bit more with uh, crime and things like that. And I don't think that we've really gotten to a place where we're kind of people on the other side really answering maybe to their fears or some of the things that they may not understand as it relates to bringing it to a the message to those type of areas so i would say that that's one of the the biggest struggles um even recently you know the mayor in the capital jackson mississippi, jackson mississippi uh i think this was during covid or covid still kind of going on <laughs> but uh like sometime last year was trying to stop a bill to stop people from open carrying there which was opposed to the overall state right um due to crime more crime and things like that so you know i just think those are things that us as we're trying to expand the message and expand conversation and bring people across the aisle um you know not necessarily going to the talking points that we know or we're familiar with but stepping outside of some of those things and really having empathy in some regards for people and seeing you know, navigating new ways to make this message relatable. Excellent. 
super good. And Diana, you've just uh, switched states. So uh, whichever state you want to talk about, you started in Oklahoma and now you're Kansas, right? That's right. And I came from Missouri. So um, I'm just covering the whole Midwest. I think that our states are doing okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to make sure we got in was that um, anybody who's listening, I want to encourage anybody that you can do what we're doing. You can, you can meet your legislators at home. The federal legislators have offices in their, you know, somewhere in the state. Uh, your representative has a office in, his, in your district, so be much closer if you're not right smack dab in the middle of where the senators live. Um, but you can most certainly go knock on their door, shake their hands and say, and look them in the eye and say, this is why I'm here. Or don't get offended if you don't get the member. Um, talk to their 2A staff. Uh, let them know who you are and, how, and where you stand. Um, and then a lot of people don't realize that when they hear representative or senators that you actually have representatives and senators in your state. Some states call them different things. Um, but you have a set of state legislators and you have a set of federal legislators. So go make yourself known and uh, get a group together. If you want to be a part of the DC project, go to dcproject.info slash join, I think it is. Um, but sign up and we'll keep you informed on when we're going to go to the capitals and uh, what we're doing in our communities. Absolutely. And Gina, as we mentioned, you're from California. So uh, is it a lost cause or are, or are people on the other side where they are, there's so much uh, push back against our rights that it's being met with an equal level of energy of people well, who want to preserve people, our rights. People fleeing. Yeah, people, well, yeah. People uh, the, I hate to say it, but the really good news is we're probably going to lose two legislators from the, at the federal level in California because we've lost that much population. Which wow, is good, really? is good from my perspective in that we'll have less electoral votes in the next election. But um, wow. the really sad thing about California is if you think DC is closed, Sacramento basically closed all the doors and you can't, uh, you'll sit on a, a Zoom call for about three hours and never be called uh, mm -hmm. to testify. So uh, I've been pushing people down to the uh, more local level. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, you got a lot of people to run for local offices and made quite a bit of progress. I know our local uh, gun group has been very successful at getting uh, uh, Second Amendment supporters in this, into um, school districts and uh, fire boards. And, uh, <laughs> it, uh, but the, one of the things that our opponent has that we don't in the gun community, and it, it's a function of the fact that we are so you know, personal liberty oriented that our opponents are lined up pulling the same rope the same direction. Mm -hmm. And the gun groups, because we admire individual thinking and things, we have people going out. It's kind of like that gun that looked like the fan, you know, the volley gun. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's like, uh, Danny should understand that completely. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we have people that are, are actually aiding and abetting our enemies and um, by, you know, fighting against different groups. And what we need to do is unify and get you know, even if we disagree 10% with somebody, we want to make sure that we're putting a nice, good, unified message together. And Absolutely. I think that's one thing that one reason I love to be tied into this group, because we are just about the Second Amendment. We're not arguing about anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working on different, uh, you know, initiatives to implement the change to keep, keep us from losing more and more of our rights. And it's all about standing up and saying something. 
and, and working together with the people that are on our side uh, instead of shooting them down. It's mm -hmm. kind of like we want to enable ourselves to succeed as opposed to enabling, enabling our uh, opponents. Boy, that's absolutely the truth. I just posted something on my Facebook page recently, uh, kind of, I was just thinking about the difference between in leadership style, and my mind went to England back in World War II, and you had Neville Chamberlain, who was all about, you know, just negotiating, and just, you know, and the whole time that he's sitting down at the table with Hitler, you know, Hitler's like, you know, this is awesome, let's just talk a little more, because I'm amassing all these troops over here, that are getting ready to march into, I think it was Poland was the first uh, onslaught. And then we had Winston Churchill, who was basically, I mean, not a perfect man by any stretch, but he was, you know, the never, never compromise, never surrender, never quit leader. Never That's, but either, right? Never but. Uh, and so, uh, you know, when you think about those kinds of leadership, you know, we really are in a place right now where, you know, there are no fences to sit on when it comes to our Second Amendment rights. And if there ever was one, it's been burnt down and bulldozed over. So uh, it's Grab time to really... What's that? Grab all your friends and run together. Absolutely. Um, so Diana, just as we start wrapping up, you know, you talked about the how well financed uh, the, the site is that seems to hate our rights. And, and then, you know, Rhonda had talked about, you know, here's these uh, entertainers. Well, a lot of them are actors and actresses who, you know, read off of scripts. So that should be our first clue right there that, you know, just because they're saying something doesn't mean it's really coming from their heart. So we have all, all of these unified voices working against our rights. We have all this money uh, that's working against our rights. What, where is that on our side? I, I mean, I know you're putting together an amazing fundraiser, but right. where is our benefactor, right? We do not have a benefactor. We are still looking for daddy Bloomberg's on our side. We need a billionaire or two. We need a billionaire or two. Uh, but no, I would appreciate if your audience is listening and they want to contribute to what we're doing, whether it be $5, $10 or a million dollars, um, they can do that at the DC Project website, dcproject.info. And um, we have a fundraiser and well, we have a fundraiser team match, two man team, three gun match. So fantastically fun. But every year, Jerry Mitchellick lets us uh, raffle off his partner. And this year he's adding a day of training and a Mossberg shotgun. So we have $20 tickets. They're on dcproject.info slash Jerry. And if anybody is interested in trying to support us and maybe win a really like once in a lifetime experience to train with Jerry and, and take home a shotgun, they don't have to come to the, the, the match. They'll, they can still win the shotgun if, uh, if they can't make it. But otherwise they can come have a great day and a great time with Jerry Mitchellick. That's fantastic. And all the billionaires who listen to our show, um, we need you, yeah. <laughs> right? We need you. Because hey, I do, we're, we're, I, I do have plans. I do have, I have a plan to go forward and to grow. And, and part of that is none of us are paid. Um, we are all volunteers. We are 100% grassroots. Um, but in order for this to really get the traction, we've got so much horsepower and we're just this far off the ground. And if we had uh, at least one full-time staff that could focus on uh, what we're doing, uh, that would be huge. Not me, somebody else. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll continue to, to push the train forward as much as I can, but I, I would definitely like to uh, start hiring people and um, just countering them as best we can. Well, I, I think that somebody that's a billionaire, it'd be a great investment because not only are these people that are trying to take our rights away, are also trying to get higher taxes to the billionaires. So you could kill two birds with one there you stone. Go. There you you know? go. Give the money to the DC project instead of giving it to your uh, to your uh, local royalties or whatever they are. <laughs> Stop paying so much of a, a vig right, <laughs> right, to the government right. uh, protection <laughs> money, as we like to call it. Um, all right. Well, we do need to start wrapping up, but um, I just I want to ask one more question of each of you. And and then as you're answering, tell folks, you know, what you do besides the DC project and how they can find you. And I'm going to start with Gina this time, and then I'm going to go to Rhonda and I'll fin finish with Diana. Um, is it an overstatement for me to say that we are at a moment in time where it is all hands on deck? DEFCON level. Am, am I overstating it or am I am about right on the target? It is, it is absolutely true what you just said. This is, this is, this point in time could fundamentally change the, the whole interpretation of the Constitution. Not just gun rights, but everything. And um, I mean, you nailed it. That's exactly what the problem is right now. And how do people we can use Second Amendment as a vehicle to make that happen, but it's so huge. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And how do people uh, find you reach out if they're like, oh, I'm in California and I would love to help Gina do what she's doing? The easiest way to find me is just to uh, search uh, Facebook for Gina Roberts. I usually pop up number one and two, and then we can take it offline and uh, and do some DMing and email exchange, and I can get you hooked up with the DC project. Or you can go through the dcproject.info slash join and say you want to work in California and I get an email and uh, and I'll email you and hook you up that way. Fantastic. And Rhonda Mary, are you still doing the Hey Y'all podcast? <laughs> Yes, I've been getting so busy. Her accent is so gorgeous. I know. <laughs> that feel. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah. Let's, let's make her blush here. So, YouTuber, 2A influencer. I'm probably on Twitter talking some noise about something or the other. But um, I'm Rhonda Mary on, on pretty much everything. They block me on Twitter and other places. So, some places I'm, I am Rhonda Mary. And but you'll find me. Just put it on to me. I'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely. And how how important is this moment in time for people to to stand up and start paying attention and being involved? It's important. I think you know it's a couple years late, but we we gonna do what we need to do. We gonna do what we can. That's why you have people like us trying to be loud as possible, trying to diversify, trying to bring new faces in, trying to talk to people across the aisle. So. I mean, this is the time. Fantastic. And wrapping it up oh, with a great big bow, Miss Diana, how important is this moment in time? And uh, how do people continue to, to support you and, and follow the work that you're doing? Uh, I think this moment is the most important that our country has seen. Um, obviously, there are uh, underlying factions of whether it be Marxism, communism, socialism, the, the socialists are just out of the closet. Uh, they're not even hiding it anymore. So um, yeah, it's important. 
and people can find me at uh, on on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm Diana Muller Three Gun or Die Three Gun. And then also the I would love for your audience to follow the DC Project on Instagram. It's DC Project uh, Foundation, and then on Facebook, it's the DC Project, and help us get our numbers up there. Absolutely, that is you know an interesting currency in today's world is, you know, right. views, page views, shares, likes, clicks, all of that. And um, it really does help not only encourage ourselves, but I think it speaks to the other side that we are not just that weird lone voice, you know, the, that fringe element that they would like to make us. We are, you know, every woman, we are every citizen. And um, we're, I believe one of you said it might have been Diana. We can be the silent majority no more. Right. All right. Thank you, ladies, so much for all that you do. We will be uh, sending you prayers for a successful meeting uh, in DC and a safe trip. I mean, you turn on the news and it's like, oh my gosh, what's on fire now? So, <laughs> yeah, if you all see Biden while you're there for any reason, if you happen to walk, you know, a restaurant and see him or something, just look at him and say, no. <laughs> it's a complete sentence. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Don't forget to give him one of these. Oh, yeah. Well, I have one of those. Give I'll, him keep one. Handy. I'll keep one handy. Constitution. Right. Fantastic. Thank you, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good to see you. Thanks. We miss Bye. you. Mwah, miss you, too. Having FOMO. I'd love to be there with them. This is... Yeah such an important moment in time. Um, but they are the exact right people to be there to tell the stories that that they have to uh, impart the life experience and life knowledge that they have. Um, it's it's really brilliant. And one of the things about, you know, bringing such a diverse group of ladies, our whole, um, our whole membership is very diverse and every demographic, every uh, place along the political spectrum, all of that. But this particular group that she, uh, that Diana's put together, uh, you know, when you say diverse, it's not, and in the Second Amendment community, it's not just about something your eye can see. And we've gotten trained to believe right, that. And it's not fake either. It's not like, hey, we got to get a black person. We got to get a Asian person. We got to get, no, these are people that are active in what, they believe in, mm -hmm. and they want to join, mm -hmm. and they just happen to be different. Absolutely, and it's but also the same. exactly, and it's it's about life experience. It's about uh, you know whatever training we've had or whatever background that we've had in our jobs or or wherever. That's the diversity of thought right. that and ideas that Diana has amassed with the membership in the DC Project. And it, it has already made an impact and it will continue to make an impact. And if, if we could just help people understand that, you know, that is an investment of time, right? Membership in the DC Project is free. Uh, we just ask for your time to, to meet with your legislators and write the letters and make the calls. Um, but if someone were to see the work that, that the DC Project is doing as an investment that they would want to put their money in, that's an investment in our, our future. Uh, I mean, our, our founders, they invested everything unto death, right? Right. As they secured <clears throat> the opportunity to even put quill to parchment to write our constitution and our bill of rights. And, you know, if people could just see 
that as a worthy investment for their dollars, uh, that would make such an incredible difference. So, um, yeah. Right. And you know, fundraiser, think about just throwing a few dollars in. Right. But joining the DC project too, will help you, you know, it's really fun to go and talk to somebody, some legislature. It is fun. And it's, it's kind of scary at first, but when you realize that these people are, you know, it's not that they're just working for you, but they, they're supposed to represent you. And so you need to find a way to make sure that you don't go in there too harsh with some understanding and not ordering. You know, you work for me, you're going to do this. Well, the DC project kind of helps you to learn how to, to walk and how, how to talk, right? Yeah. And, and so I really encourage you. I mean, I've, I've got to be part of this. Mm-hmm. And when you go in and talk to legislatures, it's fun. And, you know, you have to be courteous. You don't have to bow down to them, but you need to be courteous and tell them how you feel without tearing them apart. Exactly. Always respectfully, always right. speak respectfully. Um, and here's the thing. If you have a legislator who you feel like is already, you know, the choir and you feel like, well, oh, I don't need to reach out to that one because that one's going to protect our rights. No, they do still need to hear from you. They need that encouragement. They need to know that their constituency has their back, is valuing the same things they are, uh, because the other side that hates our rights, they're taking no naps and they are making 10 phone calls. Besides, so besides that. one is maybe the only kind voice that some of these legislators are going to hear. All right. Day. But besides that, you know, have you ever felt like you're just right? No matter what you're right, no matter what you're right. Well, I'm a guy and I've done that, but I've had people that have told me that I was wrong and here's why I was wrong, but I stuck to my guns that I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. But as time goes by, you remember those mm-hmm. if they're courteous and they don't, de- you know, make you feel bad about it. You know, and you listen and you say, you know what, maybe part of this thing I'm, so in the next time this comes up, I'm going to be a little more understanding. Mm-hmm. That's called being married for 36 years. <laughs> but seriously, that's that's what it is. It's like you, even though you tell them information, they already know the fact that you told it to them. One day they might sit and go, remember that guy that came into my office and he was saying that, you know, women have a right to defend themselves. And this would cause women not to be able to defend themselves. So I need to look this over a little more. You never know. But you're not going to you're not going to accomplish anything by being silent mm-hmm. and you're not going to co- accomplish anything by being overbearing because they're going to block you out. They're not going to listen to you. Yeah, it's like the, the ones that don't want to support your rights. They love it when we come in there and we're disrespectful and boisterous yeah. because yeah. then it gives them license. It gives them a reason to completely discount you. Right. So we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Right. So, all right, ooh, we, ooh. <laughs> we need to wrap up. But, Where are we going? Um, well, I'm, I think we're going to go. This is episode 300. I didn't get a cake. Dang it. I guess we're going to go have cake. Okay. All right. Uh, and party streamers and pointy hats. It's going to be amazing. Um, so uh, Lexington and Concord, the shot heard around the world, even though we're posting this show uh, a week after uh, we're recording it on, on Monday, April 19th. And I want us to go, Dan, and celebrate our 300th uh, show by reading the history of that again and appreciating what, what citizens uh, were willing to, to do to finally say, no, we are not going to move one more inch 
And, um, you know, I'm sorry, but that's just, you know, where they were at that time. And uh, I think we're, we're getting to that place again now. And I'm, I'm hoping that we're still able to do it with our voices and our votes. That is what we are praying for. That is what we are working for. And I uh, just want to encourage everybody, if you don't know your history, you don't know what, you know, what you're even uh, supporting or standing up for. And if you don't realize that this document, our constitution, our bill of rights, if you don't realize that this is your inheritance and it's not just for you to go squander, it's for you to preserve for the next generation, uh, then you, you can't have the same kind of commitment and dedication to preserving it. Um, so please spend your time looking through some history, go back and read about the shot heard around the world. I know it's been used, that phrase has been used for like baseball games and all kinds of other things. Probably even buying a car. But probably, <laughs> right? But this is uh, Lexington and Concord, uh, the event that happened on April 19th, 1775. It's worth your time. Look it up. I'm looking at uh, a website called battlefields.org as, uh, as we're sitting here. It was just the first real rich article that came up, but I'm sure there's multitudes of, of others out there. But um, that's what I want you to, that's your homework assignment. That's what I want you to do until we meet again next week. And your other assignment is to? First of all, pray for our nation. Absolutely. Pray for our world. Mm -hmm. Pray for our representatives. Mm -hmm. How about the ones you don't like? I like all the representatives. I don't like the leaders. But we'll pray for those too. Hey, bonus day. Pray for our leaders. Maybe especially the ones you don't like. Yep. All right. And you can catch our show on YouTube, GunStreamer, OpsLens, smartphone app, and also our website. The audio-only version is at gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. Darling. Darling. And until next time, have a great week. Good to each other and God bless. Bye bye.